0: Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home and keep your finances in shape. We know just how daunting it can feel, which is why over the coming weeks and months, we'll be discussing and simplifying moving mortgages and money whilst hearing from some industry experts to help build your knowledge, understanding and confidence to be in the best shape you can be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress free for all of our clients. And we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience, and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. You can find out more about us at mhcmortgages.co.uk. And to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe at any podcast app out there, including, of course, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode, we're going to be talking with the lovely Lucy Wallington today from Budgeting and Planning and Lucy's going to share some real great hints and tips about budgeting and that's something I'm really keen to share with you because whilst we look at your mortgage and we we talk a lot about your finances, Lucy actually goes into the real sort of minutiae as to things that you can do, little things that can make quite a big difference whether that's in in terms of saving your deposit or just ongoing to make sure that you make the most of your money. So hi, Lucy, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me.
0: Great stuff. And so let's let's get started straight away. So I'm really interested to understand a bit more about your background and what's really led you to this point.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, I actually have a 30 year career in uh, retail leadership, including seven years with a mighty apple in blue water, which you may have been a a customer of. Uh, And uh, I got to the point after 30 odd years that I wanted to wind down my retail experience and and go out on a bit of a high. I didn't want to get to the stage where I wasn't enjoying myself anymore um, and start doing something else. Um, I began as a self-employed um, partner, My, a friend of mine introduced me to it, uh, with a British company, Utility Warehouse, um, which has a really unique approach to managing your household bills. It just makes it really easy, uh, and invariably, especially in this sort of bizarre climate of, of, of energy particularly, it makes it a better price. So, it, for me, it was a no-brainer. Um, through meeting lots of lovely people over the last couple of years, I, I grew to understand how, particularly after a life change such as somebody getting a divorce uh, or maybe getting made redundant or you know or starting out life um uh, with their first home you can really feel wobbly about managing your money because your confidence might have been knocked uh, over a life experience or it's just a really new experience There's a lot of people out there particularly you know those we're talking about today um that you've just never done this before so it can seem an absolutely huge uh, a, a huge challenge that is quite difficult to to get your head around
0: yeah and I was gonna say, so that's a really good point there. And in terms of being daunting for people, I think it's it's hard enough for most people. And I think speaking to an, an awful lot of people, it often stems back to school. And I hear so so often that I was never any good at maths and things like that. And it it's almost that excuse that follows you through life not to address your finances and not to talk about it. And and so often I'll I'll speak with a couple that maybe uh one of them will deal with the finances and one of them won't and that that linked in quite closely with what you're saying there actually if all of a sudden that couple then split and become two single people all of a sudden the one that's never dealt with it what what do you do so yeah completely agree it's a big challenge isn't it and it's a great it's a great thing that you're doing to really help so many people
1: thank you yeah there's a, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're at in you know, i think we all have life seasons and that's really Im- important for for me to to address because that kind of underpins what i'm doing um we we all have Our ebbs and flows in life and sometimes you're in sync with your family and friends sometimes you're not you know sometimes you know you may be the first person in your friendship group to get a house you may be the first in your friendship group to have babies you know you can start to then your life starts to you know chop and change compared to everybody else and um there's certain things you do need to be getting a bit of a grip on money particularly um, that is going to you know stand you in good stead throughout all of your life's experiences
0: yeah, yes, it's a great point, isn't it? And I suppose just, just going back to your experience there in, in retail and managing all in all the different guises and, and for the different uh, businesses that you did, I I would, and I know we spoke the other day, would liken managing a, a shop and the finances are not that dissimilar to managing yourself. Is that fair to say?
1: It is fair to say. And um, when we were chatting, I was explaining very briefly that as a retailer... Um, all parts of your business you know you have a linear approach to your shop and you know how much every section of your shop generates for you in terms of revenue so your your key leading table for example has to generate an an x amount of money otherwise it's you've got the wrong product on there for example so much the same way you can look at your life um your money in your life as, as portion control if you will so you know how much you need to put to certain things um and if that starts to become out of balance um then things aren't going to be quite as productive as they could be
0: yeah yeah and that that really makes sense and some something that you said to me that that really resonated um start with the end goal in mind and i think that that really resonated because Actually, when we talk about trying to buy your first home or your next home, actually start at the beginning, get a plan in place. And that sounds pretty much exactly what, what you're saying. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, it is fair. And I think when when you when you look at your life, and I've again speaking to lots of people over the years for various reasons, whether it's in retail or you know in my other business, it's a lot of people it's really surprised me how a lot of people don't have a life vision, or they might have done, and it's kind of disappeared they've had kids and you know life takes over careers and jobs take over and you kind of forget about what you really want in life and and the problem with that is you're never going to get it (laughs) if you don't know what you want and for me again this underpins everything I do the key ethos I suppose if uh, if you've got some semblance of an idea for what you want in your life to, to have to be or to do um you will just amble along and you'll wonder where the last 10 years went um it doesn't even have to be a huge thing you know for some people you know maybe having you know one or two or more holidays a year is an absolute non-negotiable fair enough for others they might want to completely renovate a property they know it's going to take three years and a lot of mess and a lot of money uh, but they're really set on it and then they want to have a family great that's that's where you're headed um or maybe you're really passionate about photography or sport and that has to really factor into your life so there are certain things that as an individual you're, you're quite <laughs> within your right to have certain things that are non-negotiable for you or a direction of travel that, that you want to take and I think that has to be your starting point because if you don't have that as your sort of guiding principle you're you're gonna get off track fairly easily. And when you're looking at your finances underpinning anything that you do in your life, whether that be holidays or hobbies, you're going to come unstuck if you don't make sure that's a big feature of your life.
0: Yeah, great advice. I really like that. And I think that's that's a, a great, a great start. And an awareness, like in anything in life, isn't it? Is having that bit more awareness rather than sleepwalking into things. Um it's, yeah, it's it's, it's such a, a common thing that, that we all do, I think. And so let's, uh, w- when, we, when we think about our listeners now, so I'd, I would say it's fair to say that they're in, some of them are in slightly different camps. So I'd like you to share some top tips, if you would, with, uh, let's start with somebody that's living at home, because that's what we discussed in season one. So somebody that's looking to buy for their first home so they're living at home and maybe not paying very much rent, and so we'll come on to maybe someone that is paying rent and is used to paying the bill shortly. but to start off with somebody what 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 are some of the top tips that you can share to help somebody both save their deposit, get used to paying bills and and all that that type of thing to make that transition as smooth as possible and 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 essentially to get their new home as as quickly and smoothly as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because it depends on how driven you are to do this. And this is where, uh, particularly if you're doing it with a partner, um, this can be where you start to recognize your relationship and how it's going to work for you. Because talking about money in a relationship, it can be hard work, it can be a hot topic, and it can be a bit of a hot potato. So it's at this very basic level that you're going to start to recognise that you're going to pull together in the same direction. That's kind of like a little, little side thing. Um, but in terms of an actual practicable tip that I would give you, uh, is to have a 12 months layout on a planner. Now, it can be a blank bit of paper. It can be a notepad. It can be a spreadsheet that you've created. It can be one of my spreadsheets I've created. And you plot in your income each month and you plot in your outgoings each month. Now, what you can do is this is kind of a two-parter. So you can do it for now and literally how your income and your outgoings look right now and are likely to look for the next 12 months. And then again, you can utilize that for when you are in your new home or about to buy your new home. And you can use it as a timeline for enabling you to see when certain elements of the buying process need to be paid for. And also when you're going to touch down, say it's September, that's when your move-in date is likely to be. And then you can start to plot in what your new bills, your insurances, your capital tax, all those lovely things are going to look like. So you have a huge visibility in front of you. Have two years worth if you want to. Um, so what I would say about that is it's, you're going to be obviously needing to be saving as much as possible, working two jobs, if that's what it takes. And we've all been there. Um, but having that year mapped out in front of you gives you the clarity that you need so that you don't have to question how much you've got left mid month in between paydays, for example, because that can be a bit of a head scratcher at times. Um, and actually fact, there's kind of another little bonus tip I would put in there for that one. Personally, I would create three accounts, three bank accounts. Personally, I'd keep it really simple and stick with the same bank, but you know, you do, you, that's absolutely fine. Uh, One is clearly where your salary goes into and your key bills come out of. It's a very simple, very transactional account, and that's what its job is to do. On payday, you either manually transfer or you set up a standing order for how much you have left to spend each month because you know, because you've done your planner, incoming, outgoing. That's what you've got left. Um, And you put that into a separate account, account number two, call it whatever you want. This way, you'll always know how much you've got left to spend at any day of the month because you'll only be looking at one account. Nothing else comes out of that. Only what you've put into it to spend. And then that third account is your savings account. And obviously, that is really precious. So if you're heading for that house, and you've got a bit of an ideal time frame that you want to go for it. You know how much you've got to put into that account over a length of time. Um, that doesn't get touched. Unless it's a total emergency, you need to put your hands on something. That account does not get touched. So the one middle account, account number two, is your everyday spending. And you don't touch the other two accounts
0: fantastic and that's I couldn't agree more with that and I in my daily role I see an awful lot of people's bank statements and it varies massively between people we we have some some couples for example have one account where everything goes in, so all income there might be lots of different forms of income when you look at things like child benefit possibly maintenance and and two incomes maybe more than one job each and all the bills go out and I look at that and it can be pages and pages and everyone's got their own systems. Um, how effective they are, I, I couldn't say. But to me, I look at that and think that looks chaotic. How do you know at any point, especially if bills are coming out? Now, I think what you're saying there as well is with anything like bills, try and align them to if it's if you get paid at the end of the month, get them taken out of the first of each month. Um, so, you know how you know that it's gone already would you you suggest that as well
1: yeah i mean if you do have the ability to do that do it the only thing i would say about that is if you're going to change jobs you're going to then have a different pay date potentially in which case then that can put you out of sync but it's a really good place to start but i say if you've got those three separate accounts you've got that one ticking over nicely it's got x amount in there and you know it's sufficient for all of the bills that come out on a direct debit that can just sit and do its job but yeah that is a really good suggestion if if you want to start doing that way when you're when you're setting things up new fresh you get the opportunity to choose often uh, a particular date in the month when you have certain things come out and that can be really useful
0: yeah Fantastic. Well, that's that's a great tip. Anything else for somebody living at home at the moment? Would you say?
1: Yeah. When you're looking at your, it kind of leads on from the first point, really. When you're looking at your planner and you're looking at your incoming and your outgoings, at this stage in your sort of life season as it were your essentials are going to probably something along the lines of maybe paying off some loans student loans something like that maybe you bought your first car you got a car loan um and you might be paying your, your your family member you might be paying a little bit of rent but there's invariably you're going to have as you mentioned earlier not an awful lot of essentials coming out. The rest of it is going to be kind of like left dangling, as it were. So I've got two other, other tips on that exact thing. So when you're looking at your essentials, you're looking at your loans or this, that and the other. Um, and this, this is, again, something this, this will continue with you. Really be very, very clear and ruthless about what your essentials are. Because do you absolutely need to have Netflix and Amazon Prime and Sky TV and all the sport channels, et cetera, et cetera? You might really want them. I get it. But when you're looking and you've got to cut your cloth, you know, with whatever you, you know, you've got to make sure that you're living to your means. That maybe is something you have to let go. Uh, you know, we've all had to do it. You know, we've all moved into our homes. We've all got our war stories. Oh, I had to sit on a three, third-hand sofa for six months before I could afford my own, or, you know, got all this mismatched crockery from a nan and my auntie, and my mum gave me some leftover stuff. And you might think, oh, God, that's crap, because no one, you know, no one wants that. You want all the beautiful stuff straight away. But you'll realise all these funny little war stories of sorts, you know, when you're a bit further established, they'll like, oh, do you remember the time when we had that awful crappy sofa we had to sit on? And this becomes just part and parcel of your journey. But I would definitely say tip number two is just be really ruthless with what you consider are your essentials.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess things like... Coffee having a, a coffee every day I mean i I lo- I love a coffee, so uh, the thought of cutting coffee out would be but actually you can have it at home have it in the office you don't have to go to to the to the coffee chains and spending money every day, do you
1: I spent a horrifying close to seventy pounds a month on coffee when I worked in blue water because you just did you'd go out on your lunch break or you might have a little quick tea break in the afternoon or you go out for a walk about for a for a chat meeting and you go and buy coffee so it was it was horrifying that amount of money to spend on just coffee and you're quite right you know yeah of course tip number three if I may just kind of segue into it because it makes total sense you've got to have some fun money because it can be really boring if you have restricted yourself so much that you then find that you feel like you can't afford to buy a cup of coffee when you go out or you don't have enough money for a night out you know you'll end up just saying oh sod it I'm just going to go ahead and just do it anyway and you'll probably spend three times as much as you had had you've got something a contingency in place for your fun money so you know have a cup of coffee go out for lunch with a friends but just be really mindful of every time you do have this little spend it's spent with purpose you've recognized you've spent it and you recognize from a leveraging point of view okay well that's just a tenner that's another tenner that's 20 quid or I better put a little bit of a stop on this because you're mentally kind of adding up as you go rather than just yeah there's the card there's I will pay without any forethought to doing so
0: yeah and when we relate it back to to having that plan if you've got that end goal in mind and you've got it all mapped out then actually, those those little sacrifices of of maybe going without certain things, you you know that there's an end goal, as opposed to if you're doing it aimlessly, there's probably more temptation just to think, oh, I'll just spend a few or I dip into those savings just just the once. And and yeah, completely agree. So that that's fantastic, and I think there, there there's an awful lot in there for somebody that's living at home to that, that, to get started with with that, Lucy. So so um, moving on then, so. I'm buying for my first home, or buying my first home, um, I'm renting at the moment, so I've already got monthly commitments, let's say, or, or I might already own a property. And so I'm already used to the commitment. So either way, I'm used to paying money each month. So appreciate some of those tips will still be very applicable to my situation. Um, is there any other tips that you can sort of add to that mix to, to help our listeners?
1: Yeah, I've got a couple, really. Um, And, you know, if you're in this position, you know, and being used to having the sheer volume of money that goes out when you own a property. Yeah, it's amazing when you've got your own home. But, you know, when you've never done it before, it's a heck of a shock when you realise quite how much of your income is taken up going out. So, you know, for you guys who are already doing that and used to doing it and paying rent or whatever, um, you're obviously used to that. And you probably, as you know, you mentioned earlier, you probably got your own money systems already. There's a couple of tips I would I would recommend just to get you kind of tightened up on some things. Um, I love doing this. Well, I used to love doing this. Um, I don't need to do it so much anymore. Um, Get the last three to six months worth of pay slips, um, uh, wages. uh, I beg your pardon, your bank statements, not your wages, your bank statements, and you will just download them from your account. And uh, you don't have to do this, but I, I, I personally think this is a really, it's a big eye opener when you do it. Download them and print them. So get yourself three highlighters. Choose one color and highlight all the regular essentials on each page. Rent, bills, car, petrol, loan repayments, and add them up, right? So your absolute bare bones essentials gets added up per month. Choose another color and highlight all the variable essentials like food, kids items, vitamins, dentists, hair appointments, prescriptions. Add those up per month. Then choose a third colour and highlight all those things that you bought that you really wanted. For example, that night out, the coffees, books, new clothes, got your nails done, highlight all of those, add them up. What's left over without a highlighter? It's the stuff you haven't got a clue that you bought and you barely remember buying it. (laughs) And that can be really scary. You think, where did that 50 quid go? I've no idea what I did with it. Well, you took it out as cash. It says there as a cash withdrawal. You're thinking yeah, I don't know where that went. And this is where it starts to get your thinking changing about, you know, about spending your money with purpose. Because, all right, going back three to six months, let's be realistic, no one's going to remember. But if you're doing that regularly, if you do that sort of little project, every month, you do a quick bank con- reconciliation, you you can literally do that really quickly going down the list and think, oh, I forgot that was coming out. Or Yeah, I probably shouldn't have spent that. I didn't realize that was going to be. Do you know what I mean? So you start to get into the habit of is if you're running a small business, you're going to check over your accounts. It's really, really important that you do that. And it is just as important to do it for your own personal uh, banking as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really great point. And a couple of things. there. I mean, I, I see a lot of bank statements and I would say your bank statements tell far more about you and your spending than any other document that you're going to provide to a to a mortgage lender, for example, and, and they know that. And that's why why many of them ask for it. Um and and so it, it's funny, isn't it? When you start to to look at it from from that perspective, it, it really is eye opening
1: yeah and i without without being too cheeky i suspect you look at some bank statements and you might raise an eyebrow thinking oh that's where you go shopping that's interesting
0: <laughs> no, no, no judgments here i promise no
1: judgment <laughs> <laughs> oh it's good job i'm not in your chair yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely not a silly question each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked this week, because something we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, they're really, genuinely and no silly questions. So the question I've been asked this week is, what bank statements will I need to provide? when I organise my mortgage application, and in what format? Well, that's a really good question and something I sort of come across every single day. And banks will tend to want to see your last three months bank statements, and it will be for your current account. And if you've got multiple current accounts, then they'll want to see three months from each of those accounts. Essentially, they want to see your income, so your salary credits and any other income coming in, and your expenditure. So not just your day-to-day expenditure, but your direct debits, if you've got any standing orders, all those types of things. So the format that they would ask to see it in would be a PDF. So from online banking, some apps on your phone, but not all, will allow you to get the PDFs of your bank statements, but certainly your online banking will allow you to get this and it should only take a few clicks. So my advice would be, if you're not quite sure, then ask for help. If you Google, for example, Halifax bank statements, Google, how do I access my online bank statements with Halifax? There's loads of information, not just Halifax, other banks are available, of course. And so three months, all bank accounts, all current accounts and PDFs of online banking, please. If you have a question you'd like to ask, anything at all, please contact me, Mark Humphrey, via inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk. Not only will I answer your question nice and quickly, but I promise I'll try and share your question in future episodes as you can be sure you'll not be the only one that's thought of that question. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving us a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. And keeping an eye on your bank statements, I think that's something that is such an important thing and so many of us don't do. And um, Particularly, I think we almost go into... Sort of retreat mode. If if we haven't got much money, or or we don't like what we see, or we're worried about what what the state of our bank statement may be, it's easier just not to look because we don't. Most of us now don't get it arriving through or on the doormat, do we? We it, it comes online, and it's only really when we go and check it. Now, the flip side of that is it's easier than ever to, to look at your phone. Um, and uh and you can see your transactions and just keeping on top of things like you said there just mean that certain things certain things you you can nip nip in the bud quickly and just just keep keep an eye on and that is that is something really great advice and something i think an awful lot of us could do a little bit more of you said there it doesn't take very long it's just a few maybe a couple of minutes every month just have a quick scroll through have a look see see what's what um and it becomes a habit then doesn't it and a really healthy habit um as equally as the flip side, if you don't look, if you just think, oh, can't can't bear to look at it, or dread to think how far into my overdraft I am, guess what? Guess what? It's not going to get better by ignoring it, and that's so true, isn't it?
1: I've been there so many times over the years, and I've felt sick. I didn't want to look. It would take every ounce of gumption I had to make me open up. Um, my either my online account um, or you know back in the day you know your physical bank statements and go to the bank, put your card in the machine and get a mini statement out, and I I would feel terrible. I'd feel sick. I'd feel guilty. I'd been stupid with my money, but you know what? Had I not looked, leave, leave that for three more months and I'd be in worse situation than I was then. You know, it's just. We've all been there and you will be there too. But you've got to just get a grip because, you know, getting into debt is no fun. And if you are in debt, your the amount that you can borrow clearly is going to change. You know, your affordability is going to change because you then potentially might be having to get out other loans and things to pay off debt. Just do everything you can in your life to prevent yourself getting into debt and just stay on the right side because that level of control that you have over your money, yeah you're gonna have to go without sometimes and that's a horrible thing to have to do. And we've again I've been there so many times. I've had to put food back in the supermarket because you think I can't afford this and it's a it's a gut-wrenching horrible feeling. But it's better than not owing money and just staying um, in control. And then at least you know where you're at all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. And and anything else, Lucy, that you can share?
1: I think the main thing is, I suppose if I were to just, I mean, I could give you tips all day long, I suppose. Um, When you're looking at your, your outgoings, and I mentioned earlier about how your essentials are, you have to be very, very clear. What I would suggest you do is is make a a list on the same piece of paper, line down the middle. What would you consider are your essentials? And what would you consider are your wants and your desires? And particularly, again, if you're doing this as a couple, do this as a couple. And then at this point, you need to decide of all the things that you really want, you need to make an absolute joint decision about whether you think that's a good thing to continue with or that is one thing that's going to have to go on the back burner if only for now um because you are going to have to make some sacrifices and i think if you're doing this as a couple it can get tricky and one person kind of pulls off in one direction one pulls off in another and suddenly before you know it things aren't you're not on the same team anymore so just make these decisions up front together and do your very best to stick with them and just have those honest money conversations because it can get between you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's good advice. And, and I suppose the, the Ready to Buy podcast, whilst the name suggests that it's getting you ready to buy your home, it's also about trying to keep you ready and whether that be for the next move or just essentially keeping your finances in order. And I think all of these things that we've talked about today don't just apply if you're thinking about buying a, a new home at some point. It applies to as you go through life, and it, it might be that you've got goals in mind that you, as you say, that you want to do an extension, that you you want this dream holiday, any anything at all. It's it's so so important that actually having having a clear idea of what you want to get or what you want to happen, you can then make it happen, can't you?
1: Absolutely. As I said, you know, know where you're headed, even if it's only a rough idea, um, and that way you're likely to hit it. Because if you don't have that, you'll just amble along and nothing will get done.
0: Yeah, great stuff. And so I'm interested to hear more about your budget planners that you mentioned earlier. Do you want to tell us a bit more about those?
1: Yeah, love to. So it's a fairly new business, um, but what is I think my my different approach is when you're looking to budget, you can just google, you know, how do I make a budget? and you'll invariably get a list of budgeting methods budgeting styles um and they all sound fairly alien to you certainly when you're first starting to look i don't even know what that is suddenly two or three hours have gone by and you kind of you're kind of, almost none the wiser because it's just such a massive information whereas what i've designed is oh and i'm in the process of continuing to design uh seven clear budget planners for a particular season of life that you're in. So I've currently got a budget planner for beginners. I've got a budget planner to be the CFO of your household, the chief financial officer of your household. So if you think about it as a business, you can't go far wrong in terms of how you're managing your money that way. Um, And I'm just about to finish um, my um, budgeting for first time homeowners. And I've got several others on the in the pipeline as well, including how to um, uh, to budgeting for retirement. So that might be 10 years away for you, but you need to have some semblance of an idea about how that could look. So you're going to find something that's going to suit your current season of life. Um, They are gonna say I think you know I've designed them to be really kind of gorgeous and really a pleasure to use. It's a spreadsheet, you know, they're boring or they can be really boring and they can be overwhelming to use. So they come with an accompanying ebook um, and it kind of takes you on a bit of a mindful uh, money journey for that particular season of life again. So it talks to you. It speaks to you in your situation. Um, and the spreadsheet itself it's a workbook. Invariably, It'll have four or more tabs on there. They're all pre-populated for you, so you don't have to worry about adding anything up. So for all of those of you, including me, who have always hated maths, Yeah, I've never, (laughs) bizarrely, never been particularly a bright shining star when it comes to that. But this is something I can do. And it makes perfect sense to me to do it this way. Um, And it means that you have everything populated for you. So you have to do the least amount of work possible to get a great summary page that shows you where you're at um so they're designed for you they're they're done for you and they are going to be suiting where you're at in terms of your season of life and it means that once you've got it you can just continue to use it yes you can fill out 12 months in advance and you can keep a rolling 12 months if you wish uh but then you can literally just obviously save a blank copy and then duplicate and start a fresh year any month you like so it's completely customizable as well so they're completely user-friendly So I think might be a really good place to start um, if this is just a step too far away for you at the moment, or even if it's not a really, really nice sort of accompanying um, little course for you. I've designed something that's completely free. Um, and it will be signing up to my emails. And again, it will be in the show notes, where that what the link is. But essentially my, my business um, website is budgetingandplanning.co.uk. You sign up for the emails, you'll get taken on a lovely eight week mini money journey. So every week you'll have in your inbox just another bite-sized chunk of something to think about, something to do, something to get you organically thinking about your own life circumstances and to inspire you really. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'll give you some suggestions about how you can um, discover your own uh, situation in, in, in a really nice way. So that is free for you to, to have right now. It doesn't matter when you sign up for it; you'll always start from week one.
0: Fantastic. Well, sounds great, and I, I think the key things there, Lucia, that it's easy, it's straightforward, it's simple, um, and sounds like there's going to be some great advice. So thank you for sharing that. And so, Lucy, for our listeners, how can people find you? Where, where are you hanging out and what's the best way to get hold of you?
1: Best way, I guess, would be a couple of really key places would be my website. So budgetingandplanning.co.uk. So budgeting and planning, all one words. And then you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, and um, I have a planning business page and I also have a private group that you can go into after you've answered a couple of questions and uh, some of the nitty-gritty stuff can be discussed in more detail. You're very welcome to get in touch with me via um, Facebook Messenger um, or uh, Instagram Messenger. Uh, there's a contact me on the website uh, and my email address is info at budgetingandplanning.co.uk.
0: And I'd like to just summarise what we've, we've talked about today. So maybe if you can pick out sort of three, three or four of your key points that, that we've talked through today, that if, if our listeners can take away anything at all.
1: So, yeah, the first one would be absolutely create a year's worth of uh, a budget planner. Very simply, your income and your outgoings for right now and for the next 12 months. So you've got complete visibility. I'd also then, my top tip number two would be to be really ruthless about what you consider are your needs versus your wants, both now with your current end goal in mind and also when you're in your property, how that's going to change. And then top tip number three is make sure you put aside some fun money, otherwise life is going to be a little bit dull.
0: <laughs> I like the sound of that. And and we, we always talk about buying your first home or moving home whilst it can be daunting and potentially stressful we try and take as much of that away from the process as possible but it should be a really exciting time and actually you you want to look back on it and think actually that we that was great but that is just the start of getting you into your new home so couldn't agree more that actually some fun some excitement and yeah let's make it a really memorable experience rather than a slog and and something that was was really stressful so well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lucy. It's been great chatting with you and I'm sure we'll we'll get you back on in, in the future and, and share more of your, your wisdom and your hints and tips. But for now, thanks so much.
1: Pleasure, thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. We'd love you to join us next time when I'll be discussing more hints and top tips from the world of money, mortgages and moving. In the meantime, please get in touch if you'd like some help or have a question about your own personal situation. You can contact me at inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk and my details will also be in the show notes. Until next time, take care.